Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In all my life, I've only seen a dozen real killers. But I've seen 10,000 people who will sit back and let murder happen. Which is the greater evil? Have Gun, Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875. The Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Paladin. Good afternoon, Mr. Stanford. Uh, pardon me. Yes? You dropped these by the desk. Oh, thank you very much. The glove that holds a lady's hand holds a world of prettiness. Really? Yes. My name is... I'm not interested in your name. I don't mm. wish to know it. I don't wish to know you. And if I did, this would not be the day, the hour, nor the place. I quite understand. Then if you'll kindly release my hand. Hmm? Oh, <laughs> of course. Again, thank you very much. Hmm. Oh, pretty lady, not too impressed with Mr. Paladin. We are all entitled to mistakes, hey, boy. Oh, yes, but uh, how often? Uh, Seldom the time, the place, and the loved one all together. And husband make three. Huh. Telegram come for you. Oh. Answer? Yes. Wire back. Have gun. We'll travel. <laughs> Crime, delinquency, threats of war. These are the subjects that dominate our news headlines these days. Not very pleasant subjects, are they? You may say that somebody ought to do something about cutting down on crime and delinquency and in promoting peace among nations, but that there's nothing you personally can do about it. That's where you're wrong. You can wage your own fight against crime and delinquency in your own family by taking the family to the church or synagogue of your faith this week. The inspiration and guidance you and they will receive from spiritual contact will strengthen moral background and faith. Regular attendance at religious services will help your family to work out its own problems and give them comfort in facing the tensions of our present-day life. Worshipping together brings your family closer together, too. And supporting your own religious institution provides funds to help those individuals and families who, unlike you, are unable to help themselves. Find the strength for your life. Worship together this week. 
In a way, I was sorry to leave San Francisco just as Christmas was coming on. The shop windows, already frosted, were filled with all those wonderful surprises, which seemed to appear only at the Christmas season. And there was an excitement in the eyes of passers-by, young and old alike. In the air, there was the smell of cookies and cakes and candies. It was a good time to be in San Francisco. And yet the telegram from Colorado Territory left me little choice. It was a long trip and a cold one. And as I got closer to my destination, I heard more about the man named Beecher, the man who had hired me. And I didn't like what I heard. Matt Beecher was a hard man, and he ran his cattle empire with an iron fist. It was the day before Christmas when I arrived at the Beecher Ranch. You got business here, cowboy? I was told I'd find Matthew Beecher here. You found him. I pay you $25 a month if I like your work. This is my foreman, Tater. He'll sign you on. Howdy. Now, I didn't come here to hire on as a hand, Mr. Beecher. Oh, no? what did you come for, then? My name is Paladin. You, uh, you may remember this. Have gun, will travel. So? Well, you sent me a wire. Asking my help, something about your boy. As I understand it, he was carried off during the Sioux War six years ago. Well, you're too late, mister. I got him back. Just a few days ago, Mr. Paladin. Oh, well, I'm glad everything worked out. It has. Tater, ride him out to the stage trail. He's going to start back now. And Mr. Beecher, it's a long trip from San Francisco. I'll take travel expenses for my trouble. You'll get nothing. Put him off the ranch, Tater. Mr. Beecher. What? Does the boy speak any English? No, he don't. Why? You speak any Indian dialect? No. Well, don't you want to talk to your, your son? You speak the Pawnee dialect? Some. All right, Tater. Take him up to the main house. We'll talk about them expenses later. Yes, sir. Come on, Mr. Paladin. Maybe I'd better set you straight about something. What's that? Well, we ain't too sure the boy is Matt Beecher's son. Well, he seems sure enough. Yeah, well, Matt's sure of everything. He found a boy riding off from a small band of Pawnee three, four days ago. Matt just says, that's my boy, and takes him. Huh. What do you think, Tater? Well, he looks Indian to me. Of course, Robbie was only two when the Indians took him. That was when they killed Mrs. Beecher, too. And that nearly finished Matt off when they killed his wife. Tater, is that you? Yep. Mr. Paladin, this here's my wife, Morty. Morty? Mr. Paladin? How's the boy today, Morty? Well, same as yesterday and the day before. Is he sick? Well, not hardly. It's just we've got to keep an eye on him every minute or he'll squirt away. <laughs> boy! Hey, boy! There he is, Mr. Paladin. About as wild as any animal that I've ever seen. Poor little thing. Well, what do you think? Well, about eight years old, I should think. Mm, be about right. He could be white. Some of that grime were scraped off him. It's hard to say. Hard to scrape it off, too. Well, what's he say? I haven't talked to him yet, Mr. Beecher. Well, talk to him. I'm paying you. Konola tefi. Shishoni, shoni kiburi, kiman. Shiwa. Kalate shishoni kiyo. Tegate. His name is Chiwa. His father is Kalate, chief of the Pawnees. You listen to me, boy. I'm your daddy. I'd sell my own soul. I'd give it away before I'd lose you again. He don't understand you, Mr. Beecher. Well, he's got to feel something this strong, lingo or no lingo. Now, boy, you listen to me. What's the matter with him? He's afraid of you. Miss Beecher! Mr. Beecher! 
What do you want? Uh, Indians, Mr. Beecher. Indians. Ponies. Well, what about them? Well, they're setting up camp. Where? They're over on the East Range. So they finally come for the boy. All right, Tater. Yes, sir. Turn the men out. Make sure they all have rifles. Yes, sir. Now, wait a minute. What? Before you start shooting, why don't you find out for sure if this really is your boy? I told you before, I know he's my boy. You want to believe that, but you aren't sure. All right, Paladin, say it out. What are you asking for? Time to talk with those Pawnees. Well, you go talk then, but I'll tell you one thing for sure. No matter what lies they give you, that boy's mine. And if they try to come after him, there'll be the bloodiest massacre you ever seen. to the Pawnee camp knowing I had little time and less chance to stop a needless killing. There were squaws, braves, sitting, wandering. They were a hungry people and a lost people. At a tattered teepee, I found Kalete, chief of the Pawnees. Kalete was once man who greeted white man like brother. Now he wanders, hungry, forgotten like the gray wolf. I'm sorry. I... I wondered why Kalate was on this trail. White man steal children. Kalate will agree. A man may claim his own son. She were my son. Is he white? She were my son. I ask again, is he white? Skin is leather bag God made to hold the soul. Color of bag, no matter. He was traded from the Sioux. Our blood has mixed. But his is white. He is my son. I take him back. Kalate, if you take the boy, there'll be killing. This white man has many rifles. Can rifles kill what has been killed already? Look at my camp. When there is no game, my people starve. We are driven from land and winter is here. But we move no more. We stay here. Soon we take my son. Hello, Marty. Hello, Mr. Paladin. Well, what's going on inside there? Oh, everyone's shining up clean. We're going to celebrate Christmas, Mr. Beecher, too. Mr. Beecher? Well, I know you won't believe it, but Tater did the trick, says to Mr. Beecher. Maybe the boy will remember Christmas. Ain't that a good one? Indian boy bringing us Christmas. First time since Mr. Beecher lost his wife. Oh, got to find some more mesquite for decorating. Uh, we're going to have singing and eating and everything. Sounds fine, Morty. 
Well, Paladin, you see the chief? I talked to him. What'd he say? He's your son. <laughs> I told you he was. You tell them engines to get their squaws and their tents off my property? No. Why not? You want them all killed? I want you to understand that Chief Kalata feels that the boy is his son, too, and he feels it very strongly. If you talk to him, I'd be glad to act as interpreter. The only way I'll talk to him and his flea-bitten braves is with rifle fire. Listen, Beecher. Chief Kalata is the only father the boy has ever known. You kill him. How are you going to explain that to the boy? You speak Pawnee. You can explain it. You're wrong, Mr. Beecher. Yeah? I couldn't explain that in any language. Tater, I said rations, not all these fancy vittles. Well, it's Christmas, Mr. Beecher. Uh, now, look. Listen to me, all of you. Listen. If one calf wanders off tonight, we work double tomorrow, even if it is Christmas Day. All right, boys. The cider's sitting over there just waiting. You can't get no stouter, so get to it. Hey, hey, hey. Morty, what is it? The boy's gone. Gone? They come and took him. Why, Was they... it the Pawnees took him? Yes, sir. You knew about this, Paladin. I thought they'd try, but not so soon. Get your rifles. Now, just wait a minute. You're always reaching for a rifle. There's no need for rifles. No hurry. The Pawnees aren't going anywhere. They're tired of running. Preaching from a gunslinger. You've just been aching to speak a piece. Well, speak it, Paladin. Talk don't mean nothing. Say anything you want. I'll still have the last say. Well, I'm far from being a preacher. But I do know something about killing. Now, these Indians, rightly or wrongly, believe the boy is theirs. A few people love children like the Pawnees. Now, the chief Kalate might have given up the boy. He knows a wealthy rancher could give the boy more than a starving Indian could, and they're starving. Properly treated, he still might give up the boy. On the other hand, these Pawnees can't run anymore. They're tired. But they would rather die here tonight then give up the child to force. It won't be hard to massacre them. They have no guns. All you have to do is stay out of arrow range. Those you only wound, well, someone will have to press a muzzle against their heads and pull a trigger. Now, this... This is no Christmas message. I haven't even suggested that to a starving man, food may carry more weight than rifles. As Mr. Beecher can tell you, sentiments like peace... Like goodwill, and love, and brotherhood, they're just words. Unless you already know what they mean. And if you don't, even if this were a chapel and I were a preacher, such words would, would do no good. Well, I ain't got much to say. We're going out to kill some engines. One engine in particular. Anybody that wants can stay here and draw his time. If you think you can find another job... And those who ain't going with me, speak up. Right now. Well, that's the story since the beginning, Mr. Paladin. The belly always wins out. My dear Watson... With all due respect to Sherlock Holmes, let us establish one fact clearly. 
There is nothing elementary about the shrewd deductions Eric Severide makes as he analyzes world affairs on CBS Radio. As chief Washington correspondent for CBS News, Mr. Severide has opened to him almost every possible source of information. Experience has sharpened his perspective and given him an extraordinary working knowledge of the forces that make history. It's taught him to view each new development in terms of cause and effect. Each Monday through Friday night, as you'll join Eric Severide on most of these same stations, you'll find his news analysis remarkably free of snap judgments and predetermined conclusions. You'll discover, too, that his carefully considered appraisals of the news not only contain real clues as to what is going on in the world, but also they make the news as exciting as any Arthur Conan Doyle story. Beecher's men spilled out of the doorway of the main house to change clothes and get their rifles. I slipped out the back way, and taking the first horse I saw, headed for the Indian camp. Somehow, I had to keep Matt Beecher from starting a bloodbath he might not be able to stop. Even as Kalati and I talked, I knew there were horses moving in the darkness beyond the Indians' fires. Beecher's horses. You are wise man, my son, but we stay. A man without a gun still might run? No place to run. I have forgotten how to kill, but not how to die. What good does this do the boy? Could he take another father after this? We got the camp surrounded. You want to explain that to the chief, Paladin? He knows it. You going to stand with them instead of with your own people? I asked you a question. I heard you. Hold your fire, boys. That's Morty. Wait a minute. What are they doing here? Mr. Paladin. Over here, Morty. We got food and things for them Indians. There's 15 or 20 of us. Is it all right to come in there? <laughs> it's the most all right thing in the world, Morty. Come on. All right, ladies. Get your baskets. We'll get it. What is? Call your squaws, Chief. Call your children. Call the boy. They're bringing food and gifts for your people. Shiva! Hulange! Hunemo! Well, they don't look very friendly, Mr. Paladin. I guess you don't look very friendly to them. Uh, what do we say? Oh, I'd suggest you try Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas? Uh, Christmas. Morty, this is Kalati. He's the chief of the Pawnees. How do you do? Oh. I, um, we, oh, I, well, I only got one pair of hands. Here, you take this basket. Now, hold on there, Morty. I'm with you. Hello, Tater. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Paladin. <laughs> I come in, too, Mr. Paladin. Well, Pete. Now, what Beecher's doing is wrong, and I don't care if I do get fired. Well, look, Mr. Paladin. All the men are coming in. Why, Morty, you ain't rightly dressed for riding. Well, ladies, I know it's the time to change, oh, but you sure don't have to. Oh. Well, Chief, there'll be no bloodletting tonight. Christmas. Uh, That's right. They call it Christmas. It's a, it's a time of the year when people pretend there is... No evil in the world. Yeah, I like. Uh, everybody likes. What about the boy, Chief? His name is Robbie Beecher. His skin is white. Chief? My boy. <laughs> His boy, Chief. You can return the seed to the plant that bore it. He can't take it, nor can I, nor can anyone. I talk to boy. I'll talk to his father. Hold it, Paladin. Right there. 
He'll give you the boy, Beecher. What? You can take him home tonight. The chief is talking to him now, telling him that you're his father. I'll kill you, Paladin, if this is some kind of way of getting back at me. When do I get my boy? I haven't been paid yet. Thousand dollars cash. Well, I haven't got it with me. When can you have it? Tomorrow. Then give it to the chief so he can buy some land for himself and his people. I'll do better than that. I'll give him some land. I feel like I should give something. It's a good feeling, isn't it? As a matter of fact, it is. Merry Christmas, Mr. Beecher. Merry Christmas, Mr. Paladin. Good afternoon, hey boy. When you come back? Last night, late. Oh, uh, excuse me. Oh, no. Wait, not her. You met her once, remember? I remember. She's always dropping her glove. Oh, too bad. I eat trouble. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I beg your pardon. You dropped your glove. Oh, oh so I did. Um, may I pick it up? You may. Thank you. Allow me to introduce myself? <laughs> well, please do. My name is Paladin. Uh, my name is Eugenie Meyer, Miss Paladin. Oh. There's a princess named Eugenie. Uh, I, I'd rather hear about that glove that holds a lady's hand. Holds a world of prettiness? Yes. <laughs> I like that beginning better. Is there more? Oh, there's a great deal more, I assure you. But one question... Why the change of heart? Well, it's, uh, it's more a change of mind. The change of heart can come later. <laughs> but why? You were very confident in your rejection the last time we met. Well, you were very confident of yourself, Mr. Paladin. Christmas seems to have uh, humbled you and me. Then we're both very fortunate. Now we can meet. <laughs> yes. Gun will travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed by Norman McDonald and stars John Daner as Paladin with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Gene Roddenberry and adapted for radio by John Dawson. Featured in the cast were Vic Perrin, Jess Kirkpatrick, Roy Woods, Richard Beals, Anne Morrison, and Virginia Christine. Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You came to me with a torch and a gun. You call it righteousness. Call it by its right name. Murder. Gun Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875. The Carlton Hotel. Headquarters of the man called Paladin. Come in. Oh, clean socks, Mr. Paladin. Hmm? Uh, clean socks for a trip. Very important. Oh, yes. Thank you. Hey, boy, just put them in the bag there. Yes, sir. Oh, 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 oh. Bottle of brandy in bag, too. It's for the trip. Very important. Oh, oh snake bite. <laughs> Correct. Oh, no snakes in Nevada territory this time of year. Why not? Too cold. Ah, uh, maybe brandy for other purpose, like, uh, drinking? <laughs> maybe. Or maybe to give lady named Cleo to, uh, make warm? The lady named Cleo has hired me to do a job, that's all. Oh, sure. She wants me to find her husband. Oh, sure. And she's paying me very well. Oh, sure. Hey, boy. You know what you are? No, what I are? Auf den Knödel. Auf den Knödel? Yes. Now, carry this down to the lobby for me. I'm ready to leave the comforts of the Carlton Hotel and head for the wilds of Nevada. Auf den Knödel. Do you see speed laws and other regulations as restrictive? Or do you look upon them as protective? When a police officer writes a summons for traffic violations, do you see him as an enemy or a friend? Your life may depend on your attitudes. Statistics clearly indicate that where laws are obeyed, deaths go down. It's no secret that emotional immaturity is the major factor in our accident rate. How else but childish can you describe the notion that breaking a traffic regulation is a way of getting away with something? What could be more infantile than believing one can prove his superiority by ignoring a stoplight? Unfortunately, too many drivers on the road subscribe to that kind of emotional outlook. The result is tragic. Almost 85% of all traffic accidents in America are caused by careless, childish driving. We hope you know our traffic laws and the people who enforce them are there to help save your life. The lady named Cleo, whom I had traveled over a thousand miles to help, turned out to be a fat shrew of 50, and her desperate need of me was to find a husband who had understandably tried to blot out his memory of her with drink. By the time I found him, he'd done pretty well. I figured they deserved each other, so I brought him back, memory and all. But I was left in the middle of the Nevada desert, miles from the railroad. I'd been riding for a full day when I heard a strange sound in the desert stillness, or at least 
a strange sound for that lonesome place. It was a baby's cry. And then I saw the wagon. It sat alone, without horses, forlorn in the sand, no sign of life, except the sound. I dismounted and walked toward the wagon. Well, I thought it was deserted. Move away, mister, while you still can. Is this all right? Now get on your horse and ride on. Are you alone here? That don't matter. A woman can't last out here by herself. Where's your man? Clear out, mister. What's that you've been digging? It don't concern you. Is it a grave? Who's it for? The baby and me. <laughs> Look, I don't know what this is all about, but won't you let me help you? You can't help us none. I can try. You ain't a doctor, are you? No, I'm not. Move on, then. What's wrong with the baby? Typhoid. Typhoid fever. Well, maybe I could have... Oh, fast, mister. I'd just as soon shoot you dead as know you got a killing fever from us. But you just can't stay Please, out mister. here and... I ain't got the strength to dig another grave. Has the doctor seen your baby? No. Well, then you can't be sure it's typhoid. Mr. Mulrooney knows. Who? Mulrooney, the wagon master. He knows the symptoms. And he just cut you loose? Left you out here to die? He said it was either the baby and me or the whole wagon train. Are they sending help? What can they do? Well, there's a settlement less than a day's ride from here. We'll hitch my horse to the wagon no. and head out... They won't let us in. The wagon train's there by now. They'll know about the typhoid. They'll never let us in, not now. Uh, look, there's fresh water and food in my saddlebag. Enough to hold you till I get back. Where are you going? To get help. Mister, you don't have to do this. Let's just say I want to. Pardon me, ma'am. Yes? They said at the store I'd find a doctor at this house. Yes, that's right. Well, my name is Paladin. I'd like to speak to the doctor, if I may. You are, Mr. Paladin. You're the doctor? Dr. Phyllis Thackeray. Oh, well, how do you do? Didn't they tell you down at the store? Well, there were some looks. I guess people out here haven't got used to the idea of a woman doctor. Most of them won't even believe I am a doctor. Are you? My diploma's inside, if you care to look. Oh, well, no, no, I'm not the patient. Who is then? A woman and her baby. What's wrong with them? Well, the baby might have typhoid fever. Might have? Well, I'm not sure. Where are they? They're lying in a wagon a day's ride from here. I see. It's a long ride. You'll find my horse in the stable. By the time you have him saddled, I'll be ready to go. You're quite a woman. I'm a doctor, Mr. Paladin. Huh. Wait a minute. Oh, looks like a delegation, doesn't it? Yeah. Just a minute, you two. I got something to say. Yes, Mr. Davis? Mister, you didn't tell us those people had typhoid fever. No, I didn't. Who did? I did. My name's Jeremiah Mulrooney. Well, now, Mulrooney. You don't look like a murderer. What? 
You sentenced that woman and her baby to die when you left them out in the desert. They're diseased. You've done nothing to help them? Uh, look, mister, typhoid's a terrible thing. It, it, it's nothing to fool around with. We don't want it here. He that toucheth pitch shall be defiled forthwith. You've consorted with the disease. The fever is upon you, too. So, uh, you'd better make tracks, mister. Wait. Mr. Davis, he's not even sure it is typhoid. I'm sure. I saw it. You're not qualified to say. And who says she is? Uh, are you going out there with this man, Miss Thackeray? Well, of course, Mr. Davis. I'm a doctor. All right. That's up to you. But once you mix with a fever, you're not welcome back here. And don't try bringing those fever patients back here, either. If we have to bring them back, we will. Look, we got folks to protect, children of our own. We'll shoot you down if we have to, to keep them safe. They mean what they say, Mr. Paladin. So do I. You ready to go? I'm ready. I wasn't used to the idea of a woman doctor myself, especially one as pretty as Phyllis Thackeray. She rode beside me through the desert, all night, without rest, without complaint. Now it was just after sunrise. Maybe I should have brought something for saddle swords. <laughs> you want to rest? I want to get to that baby. Yeah. Shouldn't be long now. Good. You know, you should be on a velvet settee, wearing a hoop skirt and fluttering your eyelash over a fan. I tried that. It was too easy. <laughs> Is that why you studied medicine? This was hard? Maybe, something like that. Wasn't it tough enough practicing back east? I guess I'm as much missionary as physician. I was the second woman to graduate from my medical school. Others came after me. It was difficult for all of us, but gradually we're becoming accepted as something better than freaks. <laughs> You're not accepted yet. You just got run out of town. Maybe I'm not the missionary I think I am. Or the doctor. Well, we'll see. There's the wagon up ahead. I don't see anybody. Uh, neither do I. Come on. sleeping. I hope that's what it is. Is there anything I can do? Just help me up there. Mm -hmm. And cross your fingers. Mm -hmm. 
Doctor, the coffee's ready. Mm, smells good. The food will be ready in a minute. Here. Well, thanks. How are they? Well, the mother's suffering from exhaustion, exposure, nerves, no sleep. The baby? Typhoid? Well, maybe. I don't know yet. Mulrooney knows all the symptoms. So do I. High fever, red spots, delirium, and a coma that leads to the crisis. The baby has all of them. Still, it could be something else. But whatever it is, I can't do much for her in this wilderness. You want to take them back to town? Yes. You know what that means? Yes. It's necessary? Medically? Yes. I'll hitch the horses to the wagon. Mr. Paladin. Mm Hmm? You don't have to come with me. I wouldn't miss it. There's something about that Mulrooney's face I didn't like. Stop that wagon right there. Don't come no farther. Who They have guns, Mr. Paladin. I'm going to try to talk some sense into their heads. Here, hold the reins. Stand right there. No closer. Dr. Thackeray has examined the woman and child. The woman has no signs of typhoid. Her child is diseased. The doctor isn't sure the baby has typhoid. I'm sure. That baby needs treatment. Now, Mr. Davis, you're a sensible man. Are you going to let Mulrooney sentence a woman and child to death? We'll bring what you need out here. But you ain't bringing them into town. They'll be completely isolated in the doctor's office. Paladin, they're sick and we can't take the chance. We've got to protect them. They're not as sick as you people. Now, you may be able to keep them out of this settlement. But you'll carry your own sickness with you wherever you go. You'll die again every time you see a baby smile. We've got our own kids to think about. How do your children cry when they're sick? Any different from that baby? Suppose it was your child crying like that. Would you send it to the desert to die? Now listen to me, all of you. I'm driving that wagon right to the doctor's office, and don't you try to stop me. If you need a doctor, you know where she'll be. We won't let you do it, Paladin. We won't let you bring disease and pestilence into our midst. I'm afraid they'll use those guns, Mr. Paladin. Get back there with Mrs. Benson. Both of you lie flat. You going to try it? Go on, get back. Mr. Paladin, are you all right? Fine, fine, we're through. I'll have you in your office in another minute. CBS Radio will score another goal on New Year's Day as most of these same stations bring you our play-by-play broadcasts of the two year-end football classics, the Orange Bowl and Cotton Bowl games. From the Orange Bowl, CBS News sports experts will call the thrills in the Oklahoma-Syracuse contest. Syracuse will be making its second appearance at the Orange Bowl this year with an 8-to-1 record. Sporting a 9-to-1 record, Oklahoma will make its fourth appearance. There'll be plenty of excitement at the Cotton Bowl, too, where Texas Christian will be battling it out with the Air Force Academy. The Texans have made it with an 8-to-2 this year, 
And the Air Force Academy is the Cinderella team of college football, with nine wins, no losses, and one tie to date. No matter where you go, no matter what else you're doing on New Year's Day, here's CBS Radio's on-the-spot broadcast of the Orange Bowl and Cotton Bowl games. All through that night, I sat on her porch and kept watch, seeing their torches, hearing the voice of Mulrooney haranguing the townspeople, working them up. But they didn't come. And inside, the doctor worked with her patience. It was after dawn when she came out to me. Still quiet? Oh, well. Mulroney is still working on them like a witch doctor. There's breakfast inside. You'd better eat something. I'll stand guard for a while. Thanks. How's Mrs. Benson? She'll be all right after she gets some rest. And the baby? The fever broke last night. Oh, what does that mean? It isn't typhoid. Not typhoid? You sure? Yes. Well, how can you be certain? You've only been with her overnight. You still doubt me, don't you, Mr. Paladin? The symptoms are there. Symptoms can be ambiguous. Now get your breakfast. You need it. All right. Well, Mrs. Benson, it's nice to see you up and around. I wish I could tell you how much I appreciate it. Oh, no. No gratitude before breakfast. Baby's better, huh? Yes, much better. Miss hmm. Benson, hmm? why does Mulroney hate you so much? Um, my husband died early on the trip. After a while, Mulrooney wanted me to marry him. Said it was God's will to care for widows. And he was the chosen messenger. I wouldn't let him near me. Then the baby got Mr. sick. Paladin. Come outside. What is it? They're coming. Look. I'll handle them. Go inside with Mrs. Benson. No, maybe I can help. You take care of your patients. You may have some new ones. I want to stay. All right, but stand back. That's far enough, Mulrooney. This torch is the fire of truth and justice, Paladin. We'll burn away the seeds that Clara Benson has spread among us. We'll scourge the disease from our souls and bodies and purify these homes again. The only disease is in you, Mulrooney. Mrs. Benson is well, and the baby is out of danger. Lies! In the very face of judgment... Mulroney, I'm giving you 15 seconds to drop that torch and call off those rifles. The flames of the just will vanish this scourge. Let the fires rage in the land of... You have 10 seconds. Wait! Listen, all of you. That baby never had typhoid fever. Don't believe her. I saw the child raging with fever, living with rash. That rash was measles! Three-day measles! You're lying. Three-day measles, Mr. Mulrooney. And you left them to die because of it. Mrs. Benson, bring the baby out. No, it's not true. You're trying to humiliate me, to belittle me. You'll see. All of you. The fever is down. The rash has faded. Her eyes are bright. There, look. Look at her, Mulrooney. You can kill people with hate, but not with three-day measles. <laughs> Mulrooney, three-day measles. 
Kill you, Paladin. I'm going to laugh at your grave. Let me see. There's no need. I think he's dead. You shoot very straight. Mr. Paladin. What do you want? Mr. Paladin. Well, I, I, I guess we was wrong to listen to him. He seemed to have so much book learning. But he was just setting us against each other. I'm glad we woke up in time. Next time, you better wake up a little sooner. Dr. Thackeray, this town hasn't been too good for you. Maybe you'd like to come along with me. They can always use a good doctor in San Francisco. Oh, please, ma'am. I guess we ain't been very friendly, but we'll make it up to you if you'll forgive us and stay. Well, Dr. Thackeray? Thanks, Mr. Paladin, for your offer. But there are too many of those velvet settees in San Francisco. I'll stay here where I'm needed. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Paladin. Good afternoon, hey boy. You get in late last night. Uh, sleep all day. Now up and feeling fine? I do indeed. Boy, you have good time with Lady Cleo? Lady Cleo? Lady will send for you, mm. you know. Oh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'd forgotten about her. Oh, sure. Uh, I met a lady who was much more charming. A lady doctor. Oh, sure. Yeah. As a matter of fact... I've had a fine case of three-day measles. Oh, yeah, the three-day measles. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's true. Oh, oh. Uh, you got dirty laundry. Uh, you put out tonight. Uh, to coin a phrase, hey, boy. Oh, sure. Gun will travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed by Norman McDonald, and stars John Daner as Paladin, with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Don Brinkley and adapted for radio by John Dunkel. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Vic Perrin, Gene Bates, and Lou Krugman. Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.